0: Let's go, girls. You're hanging out with Chelsea on Chad. 630 Chad, Edmonton's News, Today's Talk.
1: Woo, what a start on International Women's Day. Welcome to the show. This is Chelsea on Chad. And welcome to your International Women's Day, the 46th that we've ever had. The theme of this embrace equity and we're going to be talking about that throughout the show today many different conversations that we are going to have with some incredible female guests now the first is someone that I've spoken to many times previously on the morning show here on 630 Chet she's an economist and Atkinson fellow on the future of workers Armin Yalnizian is joining me Armin good afternoon thank you so much for making the time really appreciate it it's my absolute pleasure, Chelsea. Great to talk to you in the afternoon. Oh, I Armin, mean, it is great to be here in the afternoon. I've joined the land of the living, uh, loving, the real- having, <laughs> <laughs> loving having these new hours. It is, uh, it's its is—it's—it's a fun challenge to be able to do things solo here. But, you know, of course, I'm not alone, Chet Nation. You can weigh in on any of our conversations. You can send a text in 780-496-0063. And I've got some incredible guests like yourself. And, I Armin, mean, you know, when, when my producer, Cassandra, and I were talking about who we wanted to talk with on International Women's Day, Uh, your name was right at the top of the list because you have such incredible perspective when it comes to women in the workforce, their role in our economy. And now you've written an article for The Star about... 46 facts for International Women's Day on, of course, the 46th annual International Women's Day, showing the ways that we do and don't value women's work. I, I want to get into a few of these, but I, but I also want to just kind of get your perspective on on why it is that you feel it's important to-, to cover this and share those ways that we are making strides and we aren't.
0: I think it's really easy to be depressed at the lack of progress. Especially this year, it just feels like the clock has been rolled back so far in so many places in the world. And yet we know that more women are doing more things. I mean, look at you, Chelsea Bird. You're, <laughs> you're the sister doing it for herself. <laughs> so, you know, I think we need to celebrate what we've accomplished and also be really clear eyed about. Uh, The degree to which we are so far away from equality, even though we're doing most of the heavy lifting in terms of unpaid labor and a lot of the crummiest paid jobs in the economy, too.
1: This is what I think is frustrating about this year's theme, Embrace Equity, because, you know, it's... It's a day that I want us to, to celebrate the achievements of women and certainly acknowledge all of the work, but, you know, it's also one that, you know, you, ha- you have to talk about some of the ways that we haven't reached full equality yet without, without coming across like we're the victims, because, because really we're not, we're not. When it comes to the work that women do, I mean, do you feel like there's ever going to be a point where it's truly it's truly recognized and it's truly equal?
0: I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I wanted to, like, um, put in a little bit of humor but also a bit of a reality check about how long it's taking us to get closer to equity. In the, I, I, did, I don't know if your um, listeners know about the Harper's Index. It's something that I kind of grew up with, a magazine in the United States called Harper's Magazine. At the back page of its edition, every month it has this index of, like, Uh, just a a cornucopia of facts. Some of them are related and some of them aren't. Sometimes the juxtaposition of the facts is funny. So I thought I'd channel that energy for this index this year. Hmm. And one of the things that I did was just, you know, how how many people did we elect to uh, the House of Commons? this time? How many did we elect last time? And the percentage of women we currently have in the House of Commons in Ottawa in the nation's capital representing all Canadians is 30%. And that's 1.7% more than last federal election. And so I said, at this rate, gender parity will be achieved in the House of Commons in the year 2054. And Elon Musk thinks that about a million people will be living on Mars around then, too. And I loved that one of the readers came back almost immediately and said, I do want to correct one thing, mean, Number 40, which was the factoid number 40, 2054 for gender parity in the House of Commons. You forgot to consider the impact of your 41st point, because a big majority of the million who will fly off to Mars by 2050 will be the white males who can afford the ticket. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I look. Love, we'll, I we'll see. I'm d- I feel like I'm done predicting the future at this point. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <I
0: need
1: both. laughs> well, there are a few different themes that come up in your in your in your list of forty six facts showing how much we do and don't don't value women's work. Um, some of them are are salary. There there are dollars uh, that you have actually recorded next to some facts in terms of what women make uh you you talk about the top earning positions in canada and where women land within those so let's dive into some of those ones a little bit let's talk about salary and and the um the way that women still need to go to get equality in that area
0: well, we have made huge progress about women on top. I know that that's not maybe even politically correct humor anymore, but it cracks me up every time I talk about the women on top because we make such a a big deal about, you know, who's who are the women in the c suites? Who are the women that are running the world, right? Um, and in the top 1% of Canadians, and right now, to be in the top 1% in Canada you need to make a little bit more than $250,000 in income every year now women are one in 4 of those people and back in 1982 when i started doing some of this work they were one in one one they were 11% one in 10 so we have closed the gap between men and women, but it's going to take a long time for it to be 50/50 split. And I don't even know if that's the right metric because if we have more women on top, but more women are doing some of the crappiest jobs at the bottom of the scale, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what we've gained. Yeah, we need we need more diversity in the people that make decisions politically, economically, in engineering departments, in law in law firms, you know, in medical faculty. We need more diversity of lived experience to make the best decisions, but we also need to improve everybody's living conditions. And so many women find themselves at the bottom of the pile. In fact, uh, six out of 10 workers who are employed in the worst paid job in Canada, according to Statistics Canada, which is somebody that is a cashier. They make an average 1650 dollars an hour in January of 2023. Um, six out of 10 of those people are women. So, mm. yeah, we've, we've got a long way to go.
1: You know... I I agree with you that we have a long way to go, and we need women in those top positions and in those positions of power and in the C-suite, as you mentioned. I wonder... I wonder how we do that, though, and how we facilitate the support that's needed for so many women to hold those positions. There was um, a recent quote from the, I guess she's the former now chief of staff to the Minister of of Sport, Kelly Wilhelm. And, I mean, in a quote, she says, I'm asked all the time by young women how I do it all, the big 24-7 job, be a mother, wife, daughter, sister, friend, take care of my own mental and physical health. The answer is that sometimes, like right now, you have to choose. I know there are probably several women that are listening to that and thinking, yeah I try to do all of that as well and is the answer that you just you can't I mean she had to step down from her position to prioritize all of the other things that she has going on in her life so I wonder how we create those systems that are truly supportive for women to hold those top positions of power it, and how do we even scratch the surface of, of doing that? I know you're going to have opinions on this, Armin. I hate to do this to you, but we're running out of a little bit of time right now, so I'm going to ask you to stay on hold for just for three short minutes, and we'll come right back. I'll get you to tackle that question, okay? Armin Yelnizian is an economist at the Atkinson Fellow of— excuse me, Atkinson Fellow on the Future of Workers. We'll get back to this conversation as Chelsea Chad continues in three minutes. <laughs> on Chad. Six thirty, Chad.
0: Edmonton News. Today's talk. I don't
1: need welcome back to the show. This is Chelsea Onchet, joined with economist Armin Yelnizian, and we're talking about valuing women's work and the ways that we do and the ways that we don't. She's written a list of 46 of those ways for The Star. You can find it on thestar.com. Armin, I'm sorry to keep you hanging on the line here. I really appreciate it. But I'm wondering if you can kind of try to tackle the, the question that I was posing to you there about how it is that we really provide all of the necessary supports for women to hold top positions of power here in our country, how do we go about attacking all of those different layers that it takes to achieve success?
0: Okay, so I'm really grateful to all of your sponsors to give me three minutes of think time <laughs> <laughs> on how to answer your question. And I think it boils down to how do we value our time, both men and women. I mean, we have so much. Uh, talked about, achieving equality in pay, equality of opportunity, equality of outcomes when it comes to the types of jobs women can hold. And that's super important, don't get me wrong, because without money, we're not economically, we don't, we are dependent on somebody else economically. So yeah, money is important. But so is our acknowledgement that we, all of us, are totally equal in the amount of time we have every day. 24-7 is all we get, and we get that no matter what color our skin is, what religion we believe in, what gender we are. It it doesn't matter where we come from or who we are. We only get 24-7. So I think there's a kind of reckoning that is coming on how we spend our time, particularly because the population in Canada, in the United States, in any country that had a baby boom after the Second World War, is aging. And we're moving from 40 years of having a labor surplus, workers are a dime a dozen, to having broad-based labor shortages, which require us to value the people that do the work that we need, whether it's low-paid or high-paid, in a way that we haven't had to do for a long time. And a huge part of that is how much time do you have to, to attend to all these different aspects of life that, um, I forget the name of the sports person that you mentioned, but that person identified because we need to play, we need to rest, mm-hmm. we need to take care of ourselves, we need to take care of other people, we need to earn money, we need to, uh, we have all these things that we have to do. Being human isn't just being a worker. And equality isn't just about paid work. So I think the really critical unifying factor here is being respectful of the fact that we need time and that we're going to need to – do you know we haven't had a major advance in working time rules since 1948? in this country we got the eight day work weeks in 1948 we've had the occasional statutory holiday added and you know every once in a while you hear about how the olds are going to bankrupt us so we need to have people work longer before they can access their pensions (laughs) so the type of reforms we've been talking about is make people work more and there are plenty of people that want to work more but there's also plenty of people that are worn out after standing on their feet at a cash register or cleaning, you know, cleaning bedpans or all of the things that people do that are physical labor that their bodies just give out mm. around the age of 60, and if they can, they would like to retire earlier. So I think the issue, and in fact, right now in, in, in France, in Paris, they're having hundreds of thousands of people showing up to uh, protest the proposal that the retirement age be extended from 62 to the age of 64, I think we do need more time, but we're also leaning on a working age population that is, that is going to be the smallest in comparison to the, pop, the overall population. It's going to be the smallest in half a century. So we are going to need to value not only the work people do, but the time they need to be a full human being. I feel like Especially if we can't care for them.
1: There, there is a, a large mindset shift, and maybe it's a result of COVID, maybe it's more a result of the the gig economy and you know younger people finding different ways to work. But I wonder if that mindset shift of a prioritizing self and prioritizing time is, is something that you're feel f- fearful for when it comes to our economy and who's contributing to it? Uh, how do you mean fe- fearful? Well, I worry. I guess I just mean, like, do we are we going to have people that are contributing and wanting to to strive for those higher positions, like we're talking about, regardless of gender? If instead, you know, our focus is on our our own personal well being, not that that's a bad thing, but I wonder what that where that leads us as a country.
0: That's an excellent question, and I don't know, like, uh, I'm an economist, and economists that do forecasts give astrologers a good name. (laughs) So I'm not going to try and forecast where this is leading. But I do think we are, to your point, maybe it's the pandemic. Maybe it's the moment we're at because of the baby boomers aging. Maybe it's because of climate change creating all these existential questions about can we even live on the planet anymore without changing the way we live Mm. on the planet. Um, But I think there's like a collision of a lot of big things that are making us ask really important big questions about what our purpose is in life. How are we spending our time and how are we, how, How are we dealing with the fact that we're interdependent? Yeah, we want everybody to be type A and achieve their best and maximize Mm -hmm. their potential. I'm one of those people. Absolutely, I want everybody to reach their maximum potential and support them to do that. But it isn't just about individual achievement. It's like, what are we doing in that process? And how how are we letting parents who do want to raise their kids raise their kids? And parents that do want to go to work, go to work. Well, frankly, we're not doing that very well. You know, right now, and if we are making it more difficult for people to have kids, <laughs> that, there's a whole cascade of problems that come from that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everywhere we turn, it seems like we're facing pretty deep and existential questions about what's the purpose of an economy and how do we fit into it in a way that doesn't kind of rob of rob us of our souls. Uh, and I think. We're working that out in a way that I don't think anybody's had to think about. Like, it's kind of been on autopilot for a long time, even though the system's been kind of lurching around. Yeah, I think we're thinking about very deep questions, which can only be for the good. I don't know what the resolution will be. I don't know if we'll have just as many women as men in the C-suite. Maybe we never will. Maybe women will never value that as much as men do. And maybe that's okay.
1: Well, I think reckoning is a good word for it, and there certainly are a lot of big questions that I know that we'll touch on again in a future conversation. But Armin, thank you so much for the time today. Oh, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, Chelsea. Thanks, likewise. Armin Yalnizian is an economist and Atkinson Fellow on the future of workers. You can find her article, 46 Facts Showing How Much We Do and Don't Value Women's Work or more of her work at thestar.com.